0: Well, for the tenth year in a row, we've been able to say Dallas Startup Week is right around the corner. It starts mid-September, September the tenth. This is an outgrowth of the, of the Dallas entrepreneurship Center, of the Deck Network. That's really done a lot of good. Some fascinating companies have come out of that. Plus, there's a lot of great mentors there. I think there are more speakers than ever before. And one of the ones that I'd really want to hear, if I were hearing a keynote, is for the man who co-founded Epinions and which went into deal time. He's the co-founder of Nextdoor, which is just ubiquitous. And Lord knows what he's coming up next. Plus, he's a shark on Shark Tank periodically. Nirav Tolia is the co-founder and former CEO of Nextdoor and joined us right now. It's good to have you with us.
1: Thanks so much for having me, David. It's a pleasure.
0: You know, you've packed a lot of activity into a very short period of time. Are you a serial entrepreneur?
1: I'm definitely a serial something, and I would be honored if that were serial entrepreneur. But you know, we say that sometimes building companies, particularly from scratch, is, is like dog years. And so even a short time in entrepreneurship feels like a lifetime. But I've been really fortunate. Almost my entire career, which is probably a couple decades, uh, has been spent trying to build companies that will positively impact the world. And I consider that a real privilege.
0: And some of these are just remarkable. I, I, you know, sitting around a sub Starbucks and dreaming up next door, I would have shot you down. I would say, well, that, that's the silliest thing in the world. That that is, that's a place for the the Gladys Kravitz of the world, the nosy neighbors, to pontificate. And and it's just it's taken off, not just here, but really around the world. What are you in, like a dozen different countries or something now?
1: We're in thirteen countries several hundred thousand neighborhoods, including 99% of American neighborhoods. Uh, And it's funny, growing up in Texas, which I'm sure we'll get to because I'm from West Texas, Odessa, the concept of next door, which is bringing neighbors together to improve their daily lives and work together to create stronger, safer, happier places to live. That was just normal. I think the difference between the way I grew up in Odessa And building something like Nextdoor is just the technology piece. And so uh, Nextdoor, the third company that I started as a tech entrepreneur, it was in many ways like coming back home Uh, because West Texas, it's not the Metroplex. It's not San Francisco where I've spent most of my adult life. It's not Florence where I was lucky enough to live for a couple of years with my wife and three kids. But West Texas has a strong sense of community. And that was really valuable, not just for me, but for everyone in that West Texas community. And yet, when I thought about 20 years later, raising my children in San Francisco, I didn't see that same sense of community. And so if I could take my knowledge of of technology and my love of entrepreneurship and combine those and, and somehow bring back that sense of community to more neighborhoods, that was something, you know, it wasn't an instant thought at a Starbucks. It's Sounds a lot more glamorous to start a company than it really is. You know, we sometimes say that starting a company, it's like 999 failures ending with one shining success. It's a lot of bad ideas and a lot of things that don't work. And if you're really lucky, one thing starts to materialize and does end up working. Um, but it wasn't obvious, but it felt right. And that was because of the way I grew up.
0: No, I, I hear you. And, and I know you you got to kiss a lot of frogs to, to find a prince. But you found an inordinate number of princes along the way. I mean, there is a, this is a, there is a certain universality that's in 13 countries. Then, then clearly, it goes, and opinions is the same sort of thing. Everybody has an opinion. And you, you gave a forum for an opinion.
1: Well, the truth is I'm not a technologist either by training or really by passion. Uh, what I'm passionate about is community. And the concept of community, which is that when we get together with others, we can create something larger than ourselves, that's the thing that's really driven me and really got me excited over my career. And so technology then came along and and allowed us to do some of these things with an unprecedented scale and speed. And so the universality, as you mentioned, is definitely there. It's in this concept that when people come together, they can make their own lives better and, and really benefit everyone around them in doing so. And the technology piece is really, frankly, luck. I mean, to be able to go from West Texas to Stanford for college and be in the middle of Silicon Valley during the dot-com boom, that was like winning a lottery ticket. Because all around me, people were using technology to create these incredible companies, and I just got to be part of it.
0: Yeah, and the timing really was absolutely perfect. So now I'm curious what you're going to tell them at Startup Week, because it's a different atmosphere right now. It doesn't seem like money is being pushed into technology to find the next big thing. The exit strategies seem to be profoundly limited now, whereas they used to be sort of unlimited. People would buy anything on the initial public offering.
1: You know, it's interesting. There have been a couple of, whether we call them busts or downturns, recessions, tough periods of time. There was the dot-com bust in 2001, 2002. There was the mortgage banking crisis, 2008, 2009. If we look back through those periods of time, interestingly, those end up being great times to build companies. Those end up being times where many of the superstars of today were founded and created and, and sort of evolved during those times. Because when times are tough, you have to work harder. Yeah, You're a little bit more desperate. Necessity is the mother of invention. And sometimes technology goes through these phases where it looks like utopia and no matter what you touch, It turns into something magical. And then that utopia turns into dystopia and people stop believing. And no one wants to be working on technology. No one wants to be funding it. We're a little bit more on the dystopia side than the utopia side after many, many, many incredible years, frankly, but it's always a great time to build. It is always a great time to roll up our sleeves and create something out of nothing that the world needs. It's just really hard to do
0: so what are the tools that you need you've got three boys so so you're you've got this this great you know canvas to to paint on what do you tell them they need to be equipped to go out into the world and do the kind of things you do you were in weren't you a liberal arts major
1: i was both my parents are physicians they're indian physicians who immigrated to this country proud americans now and i wanted to follow in their footsteps i wanted to be a surgeon like my dad and i got to stanford as a pre-med and i found it so dry and frankly difficult that i ended up majoring in english literature because english literature was kind of a crash course in the humanities and in the history of the world and thinking and systems and people and so that was my passion and the pre-med stuff was sort of what i felt like i had to do and i wasn't very good at it that's why i didn't ultimately become a doctor my younger brother thankfully for my parents did become a doctor and is practicing in dallas now uh, so i i have someone to call if something goes wrong um, but yeah i was a liberal arts major and that really prepared me i think for what steve jobs said was the intersection of liberal arts and technology that's where steve jobs said great technology companies can be created and so To be in Silicon Valley and have all that inspiration around me, uh, and yet to have that liberal arts background really came in handy. But to your question, my wife and I do say that raising our children and our family in general is the most important startup of them all. And we start with our kids. And this has been the experience for us building companies uh, and, and being executives in general in the business world. We start with who not what so a lot of people say all right you want to start a company what kind of company do you want to start or they might say what kind of company do you want to start and why should that matter we tell our kids because we believe this it starts with who do i want to do this with and who do i want to do this for and it's a much more humanistic way we believe of looking at things and it goes back to that idea of community I would never start a company by myself. I know there are a lot of founders who've done that. I can only imagine how lonely and difficult it is. The single most important decision that I've made is who I've been lucky to work with. And it's not just my co-founders. It's all the employees, the investors, the customers, everyone that I've come into contact with. And frankly, those are the people who've inspired me and lifted me up when I needed it. And I would be nothing without the people around me.
0: You know, and that's fascinating, and, and I, I couldn't agree more with all of that, and and especially the liberal arts background, but then that, that again, that's what I've got. But one of the things that concerns me somewhat is the push for STEM right now. I know science, technology, engineering, math, it's all critical, it's all important, and that's the, the gateway to lots of business. But to the extent that you're pushed in that area and you don't have the humanities, maybe you don't conquer the ability to write i can't believe that it won't come back to bite you at some point in time
1: well sometimes the only way to get people's attention is to go to an extreme whereas in most cases life is a kind of double-sided sided coin and so we didn't have stem as a focus for so long that now we scream at the top of our lungs that we need stem in reality we need to have well-rounded educations. We need the STEM side of the coin, without a doubt. It's absolutely critical. But we also need the other side of the coin, which is liberal arts and understanding history and being able to really conceptualize what it means to be human and what it has meant over time, because that will help us understand the future as well. So to build technology things, you need to have the ability to understand technology, which is much more STEM centric, but to build them in a way that they are compelling and helpful and that they truly feel intuitive to humans, a liberal arts education is the thing that you lean on for those kinds of decision making. So I go back to, again, what I said, Steve Jobs, you know, the intersection of technology and liberal arts, that's a really special place to be because then you're not choosing then you're not saying, well, it's only STEM or it's only liberal arts. And one of the things that I'm most interested in these days in my industry is artificial intelligence. True, And I believe that we will see not only great advances in AI, but we'll see them in a way that folks are able to fuse humanism into them, questions of ethics and questions that really you only debate if you're taking liberal arts classes and if you're understanding some of these real existential questions that humans have struggled with,
0: watching your journey has been fascinating. I've I've enjoyed it from Odessa to Stanford back to Dallas, with an interim stop for a couple of years in Florence, and then the companies, fan base, and next door, and you know, starting out with opinions. I can't wait to see what you do next. May we keep in touch?
1: I would love to stay in touch. I appreciate the opportunity and really excited about Startup Week because I believe this is a moment for the Metroplex to really accelerate and enhance and amplify an entrepreneurial spirit that already exists. I feel it. The Metroplex today feels to me like Silicon Valley did when I was there in the late 90s, early 2000s. There's an air of optimism of possibility of being able to do great things. And that's what I'm really excited to be part of.
0: It is. It's a very exciting time in, the, in this area and, and for the time. Narev is our guest today. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.